Hey, thanks so much for tuning in. My name is Ellie Angel Mobs, and this is a special podcast in conjunction with the amazing team at Endometriosis Australia. It's called Living with Endo, the A to Z of endometriosis. Now, the team at Endometriosis Australia endeavour to increase recognition of endo by providing education programs and help fund endo research. You know, through education, we can empower our endo warriors to be the CEOs of their own healthcare. And that is something you're going to learn about in this episode. We're going to be catching up with one of the Endo Australia ambassadors, Christine Layton. Now, she has the privilege of speaking to a statewide audience three hours a day, five days a week on ABC Radio Perth's Afternoons program. But sometimes while she's there talking away, she's in pain. Christine is determined to share her story in the hope that it will encourage others to persevere when it comes to investigating their pain. Here is Endometriosis Australia Ambassador, Christine Layton. Hello, Christine. Oh, hello, Ellie. It is so nice to speak to you and to all of the Endometriosis Australia fans out there. Um, This is such an important podcast. So thank you so much for having me on. Do you know what's interesting? When I first came up with this idea, I just wanted to find some other place that was talking about endometriosis. There's hardly any podcasts which have got the right information from medical professionals that are out there. Yes, and and, and this is so important for women in Australia because it's different everywhere you live. You know, the the medical the medical supplies, the medical chains, the you know, the resources you have available, they're all different. So it's really good you're doing this. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Now there's every chance and Christine and I will just talk here for hours and hours and hours because we are both radio <laughs> presenters. Um, you are on Ra- ABC Radio Perth's Afternoons program. Yeah. Now it is interesting because in your profile it says that you do this show, but it also means often you're on the air in pain. Yeah, I made a deliberate choice to write that because I think so often people with endometriosis have to just have to just grin and bear it because there's only so much you can talk about your pain, you know, because you don't you don't want to bring others down. Not everyone understands what it's like to be stabbed in your abdomen whilst you're trying to hold up a conversation. Um, so I thought, you know what, there are other other women who go through this. I'm going to put it in writing and just let people know that it is hard. And I think starting this job at demanding demanding statewide radio pro program, which is an absolute privilege. It's shown me that I actually have more pain days than I realise as well. (laughs) During a three-hour radio program, you can't just drop the mic and say, you know what, I think I'm going to leave an hour early because, you know, I'm dropping clots. So it's time for me to go. You just have to to keep going. It's reminded me how strong women with endometriosis are. It's so true. The endo warriors really are strong. So for you, when did you first get told about endometriosis? Oh, Ellie, oh my goodness. I will do my best to give you the succinct, abridged version. So <laughs> so for a long time, I worked in the government. Um, I used to report on traffic at main roads. So I was the traffic girl that you would hear. And then uh, the ABC offered me some casual work and they said, you know, you should give this a go. And I'm like, nah, I suck, I'm terrible. And then they offered me a job down in the country in, in WA in one of the most beautiful historic ports called Albany. So I went down there with my husband. We'd just gotten married and I came off the pill because we decided to try for kids. And it was when I came off the pill that sex became excruciating. It was like I was being torn apart and I'd never had a problem with sex before. It was so weird. And of course, I assumed it was my fault. So I went to the doctor and said, look, this is happening. 
is it normal? What should I do? And she said, you know, you've just started a really intense presenting role at the ABC. You're probably tired and stressed. Maybe you should just use some lube and have some annual leave. And I was like, oh, okay, I guess I better do that then. Sure. Um, Funny it was that easy. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. Um, and so I just assumed that it was all in my head. So we would, we would push through. And, and my husband said to me, this is really hurting you. Let's, let's not. We need to figure out what's going on. And Ellie, I swear I went, I went to the doctor so many times. Mm. And after enough visits, because it's the country and you have to go to the same doctor, she said, let's refer you to the visiting gynecologist who comes once a month. And I waited. And we drove half an hour to Denmark along the south coast. He did an internal exam, which was excruciating. And he mm. said, I think I can feel nodules. I think you have endometriosis. And I cried all the way home. And that was your first time you've heard this word? Yeah. Never? Yeah. Ever had it popped up any other time? No, I had no idea what it was. No, I'd never heard of it before. I had to Google it before we lost signal driving home. Because I've lived in WA and the drive from Denmark to um, Albany, there's not much phone reception in that area. Exactly, that's right. So I was desperately trying to get this terrible Wikipedia page and thankfully it's been updated. So somebody out there has done it. Um, just Just to try and understand what was going on. But I cried because I had that feeling of validation. You know, it wasn't all in my head. Something was wrong and things were stuck together. And and that's when I eventually found out that I had a two centimetre nodule that had glued my vagina and rectum together. It's almost comical. It's actually a pain in the ass. Like it's yeah, it's a pain in the ass. <laughs> pain in the ass for me, that's right. <laughs> and um and I needed such precise surgery to, to separate them. So you had the surgery and that provided some temporary relief, but now you're yeah. living daily in the chronic pain. Yeah. Well, you know what's really interesting, Ellie? Because I was down in the down in the country at the time, they said, Look, we'll we'll drive you up to Perth for the surgery. I had it booked in and after the ABC, I'm going to tell you this because yeah, I know this is a podcast and anyone can listen, but it's part of the story. Um, I had the ABC Christmas party up in Perth and I was covering afternoons back in 2016 for the presenter who was on leave. And I got really drunk after the ABC Christmas party and I said to Ian, let's just do it anyway. It's fine. Just push through. And I just grit my teeth and, and we flew to pregnancy. So on Christmas day of that year, um, yeah, we found out I was pregnant, so we had to cancel the laparoscopy. And it's really lucky we did. I'll tell you why. Because when I went to go and have the sonovaginography at Perth Obstetrics, which is the best place in Perth, and yep. as far as I know, the only high-definition scanning place here, um, Dr. Anjana Throttengul did the um, the transvaginal scan. She found the the nodule and she said, it's so good they didn't just do surgery on you without having this mapped out. Because you could have, they could have torn my rectum, they could have torn my colon, same thing. Um, it, it could have, it could have ended really badly. You are so lucky. Yeah, yeah, and I'm so glad they didn't just open me up because what they ended up having to do was get a very, yeah, do, do the mapping, and I ended up having the best surgeon in Perth um, do the surgery, and, and thankfully I was, I was fine. But you're right, yeah, temp, temporary relief. I think I got six months, and then the pain started to come back, which is which is common for so many of us, yeah, right? Absolutely. And then you just keep on going back and having more and more surgeries and you get your, you know, your yeah. frequent flies up and that can't be good either because then you've got the, uh, the scars and the adhesions in your body and that's now yeah. what I'm dealing with. Oh, you poor thing. And then your belly button looks like some kind of weird ear hole because yeah. it's had so many intrusions and it's, it's deep and brown and what is even happening? <laughs> How did you feel uh, the weeks after surgery? Oh, Ellie, I don't know about you. But 
I think also because we we deal with pain, it was painful, but it was a different pain. Um, in a way, it was less painful than endo cramps. Yeah. But I did, I did find the recovery hard. Yeah. I'll be honest. And you know, I wasn't um, prepared for the shoulder pain from the gas from oh, the laparoscopy. Yes, yes, yes. That isn't that the weirdest thing. And I think it only lasted twenty four hours for me. But um, yeah, look, I, I definitely felt knocked about after the surgery. I think it, it probably took a good four weeks to to recover. But I'm, I'm I'm glad I did it. We can now have sex. So the two um, organs haven't joined back together again. But now I've got um, adhesions on the left-hand side, or so my my doctor thinks. Mm. And that must cause so much stress on your relationship when physically you can't get intimate. Oh, it does. It does. You know, I, I, <laughs> back in my day, <laughs> I, I, had a good, I had a good time. <laughs> but um, now, it's, yeah, it's, it's, that's the side of things that I think people don't talk about a lot. And, yeah. and you know, it became something that I was scared of and I've never felt like that before. Mm. And I hate that I still associate sex with pain. And my, I have to say, my husband is a mental health nurse. He is brilliant. He, you know, he's progressive. He's, he's a hands-on dad. He's funny. He's understanding. Um, thankfully he's got a lower drive than I do. So, <laughs> and that's always been the case. So we're, you know, we make it work, but yeah, it's, it is hard on your relationship, definitely. And also, I think one of the hardest things is just talking about the pain because he can now tell when I'm in pain. Mm. I look angry, or I'm surly, or I'm irritable, and he'll say, "Are you in pain?" And I'll say, "Yes." And he'll yeah. say, "Have you taken something?" And I'll say, "I don't want to take something because I'm going on radio soon, and I don't want to be cloudy and out of it." So that's the other thing is that I finally found a doctor who takes my pain seriously. That took a long time as well. But to, to get the pain under control is another thing. You do have to shop around to find a good GP. It is like yeah. dating until you find that one person who, A, will actually believe what's going on or, yeah. B, has heard of endometriosis. And then when you snag a good one, you hold on to them. You do. And I hope she never, I don't, if she goes on annual leave, I don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> yeah, it is. And uh, I did. I tried not to, um, I didn't want to make it a gender thing. So I did, I, I stayed with my regular male GP for a while, but there came a point where I realized he just didn't understand. And sometimes, you know, if, if you haven't lived in Antarctica, you just don't understand. How old were you when this all went down? When you first heard the word endometriosis? Oh, that's a good question. So we got married, uh, in 2016, moved straight down to Albany and I had a miscarriage on air. After I came off the pill, yeah, that was something else. <laughs> um, and uh, I was very close to my team after that because they were really good on that day. And then uh, it took a while to get the products, as they call them, out. I had to have a DNC because they wouldn't naturally evacuate. So I think it would have been 2000, it actually would have been 2017 was the year I went and filled in on afternoons. So yeah, it was probably, yeah, four years ago. So you'd never heard of endometriosis prior to that. Now you look back on your younger days, you know, when you first started having your period, <sighs> did you have bad pain or did oh. you just kind of suck it up and continue? I, you know, Ellie, I had really, really bad pain. Um, I was frequently in the, um, what's it called? The, you know, the student office. Oh, the sick bay. <laughs> yeah, the sick bay at reception. Um, and I think they thought that I was just bludging. And, you know, it's interesting. My mum 
also had pain that was so bad she had to she had to leave school. I think she fainted during class. And my mum now realises that she may have had endometriosis as well. Well, my mum, she had endo. She spoke about it in a podcast recently about oh. growing up and being a nurse. And in one of the books, it said that um, the endometriosis oh. was a, a career woman's disease and they didn't what? it was that was in a nursing manual from the late 70s a career woman's disease yeah. how <laughs> things have changed what did, did it say why it was a career woman's disease it literally was two sentences and that was it that's oh all that there was about endometriosis wow, so we are that's... blessed in 2021 to have a lot of information <laughs> yeah that is not responsible journaling although maybe it was totally normal back then um what what um number Oh, she was in the previous one before you. Okay, good. All right, I haven't listened to that one, so I'll get up to date. That's a that's a great forward promote. <laughs> it's a really good episode to hear what it's like seeing your daughter going through endometriosis. And look, speaking oh. of of daughters, uh, you have got a gorgeous little one. How old is she now? Yeah, she's she's nearly three. She's <laughs> nearly three. So. She was a Christmas miracle because um, when I was driving back down to the country after filling in up in Perth, um, I, I got really hungry for chips and I had to stop at all of the service stations all the way home because I had to pee a lot. And I was like, this is a bit weird. And then I bumped my boob on the Bowser at the petrol station. And I thought, why is that sore? So I couldn't believe that we got pregnant. Um, we were about to start IVF like so many others. And mm. people say, are you, going, are you going to have a second? And we just, we haven't been able to think about it really because it was so hard to get her but you know what she's she's a blessing and uh, that's that's all I need but I do worry similar to your mum with you I do worry that this could be her future Um, but if so much has changed in you know 30 40 years maybe it'll be different for her yeah absolutely I think it will be as we continue to have these open and honest conversations and you know medical experts learn more and do more research Mm. You do have a full-on job working for the ABC where, yes, you need to be bright and bubbly and being able to construct a sentence, et cetera, et cetera. You mentioned that you need to be careful when you take your pain meds. I know the exact feeling as a radio presenter for Today FM in Sydney. Um, How has your work been understanding it all? You know what? I am so damn fortunate to have the team that I have, especially my manager, Sarah Knight's the head of radio at, at ABC Perth. I'm not just saying this because you could listen back to it, by the way, but, um, you know, she she's a woman. She understands. She understands the challenges of motherhood as well. Um, she knew what she was taking on when I applied for the job, um, you know, because I had to have time off for surgery, so everyone at work was aware that this is this is what I had. But I think even she has been surprised to see how many pain days I have. And, you know, they, my, my, uh, Sarah, my producer, is the first to say, do you need a heat pack? Um, you know, Sarah knows when I'm, I'm sitting there just gritting my teeth and I'm just trying to get through a, a wave of pain. You know, when you get bowel cramps and it comes as a wave mm-hmm. and you just have to breathe through it. They're very good at, at seeing when that's happening. I have, you know, I actually haven't called in sick yet. Touch wood. Because, yeah, touch wood. I just try, I just try and power through because if I called in sick every day I had pain, I wouldn't do anything. And I think I would be so depressed. And sometimes if I go on air and I'm having a good time and I'm speaking to someone I don't know about how they were one of the first to climb up Mount Everest, Mm. I just get immersed in their story and I can just go to another place and not think about my pain. So I I think I'm actually quite lucky Mm. to be on radio, to have the distraction, to have six screens to look at and 12 people to talk to in three hours plus talk back. I I think I'm I'm really lucky. I think it is about finding that distraction or else you'll just be focusing the entire time on the pain. Yep. 
Yeah, exactly. Yep. And I've got three heat packs. I've got, um, I've got, you know, two in my desk, one in the car, you know, I've got a pencil case in my handbag with all my supplies. You know, you just, you find a way to make it work, don't you? You should have shares in heat packs. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I really want to strap on fanny packs so yes. that I can heat it up. Yeah. Someone needs because... to create that. <laughs> because I'll put it in the microwave at work and then you don't want to lose that moment of intense heatness so I just hold it to my groin or waddle back to my desk yeah. and it's and it's the weirdest thing when you've got you know I don't know comedians and and TV, ABC TV people walking through the building oh, such a good look <laughs> <laughs> oh thank god for having, being in a progressive workplace yeah, oh absolutely there's so many days I come to work in active wear just because I'll have yeah. the endo belly and thankfully my workplace is very understanding I do feel yeah. for people who have to work in a job where you've got to wear like a power suit. Oh, definitely. No, that would not go. The, I don't Ellie, when you were young, could you wear jeans? Looking back on it, I really hated wearing jeans because it was so uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah. And I never knew why. I never knew why. Um, I've never been big on jeans. Yep. In fact, I bought my first pair last year or the year before, sorry. I think it would have been not too long after surgery. But I just find it so uncomfortable. And when I heard Bridget Houseweight um, tell me on air because I got her – uh, to come on mm. afternoons when she put out her book, How to Endo. Yeah. She said that and I nearly screamed. I, I peaked on the on the level of my screams because it was so validating to hear that it, it wasn't just me that had that pain around the pelvic region. You did have your first endo experience while you were working in the country. There's lots of people who listen to this podcast who are in rural areas. Did you yeah. find it difficult because you didn't yeah. have the services at first? Yes, yes. So yeah. how do you how did you manage through that? Uh, yeah, look, I I, um, I definitely feel for for anyone living in in rural areas. That said, there are some doctors who are up to date with everything that's going on. But I think medicine is moving so fast, and unless um, I don't know, unless you've had someone who's had it as well, it might not necessarily be on your radar. So when you come when you have somebody come into your office and say, "Well, you know, I I'm I'm dropping clots, but I've also got pain and it's kind of stabbing and I, you know, I can see how it might get missed, but um it was hard. So it was my GP who had obviously been thinking about this for months because I'd been visiting so often that finally clicked. I didn't actually go to find another doctor because there wasn't one there weren't many female doctors at this particular surgery near um, where we were living Mm. so I think we were lucky but in Perth once so at 33 weeks pregnant we decided to move back to Perth and it was just so much easier just to have the scan around the corner to have doctors who you know new surgeons who did excisions and not ablations um, it, it was like I'd, I just walked into a different world. So for anyone in rural WA, if you're not getting the answers you need, if you're being blamed for the pain, go find someone else. Yeah. Go, go to your nearest cap city. Don't put up with it. Yeah, absolutely. And the same for anyone listening across Australia. And, you know, the beauty of telehealth nowadays is if you are in an area where there isn't someone who you can talk to, hopefully you can access telehealth yeah. and get the um, the services that you need. Yeah, and hopefully they don't cut the funding for that, but that's another story. Oh, it needs to continue. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, it's got it to. Yeah, I know. Actually, speaking of funding, the new, uh, the Australian government with the budget, they announced that there's a whole bunch of money going into women's health, including for endometriosis, which is fantastic yes. news. That is such good news. And I do know that there was $21 million announced in the, in the previous budget. Mm. So I haven't actually checked the figures yet. Uh, for the endo funding. But even just to see it on the news in an audio grab being talked about, 
uh, is is such a good thing for us, I think. I think five or six years ago, there was hardly any talk of it. And now it's popping yeah. up in my feed. It's in magazines. It's on TV. It's finally yeah. getting the exposure that it needs. And, you know, at the moment, one in nine go through it. But I think that stat will continue to grow as yeah. the awareness is created and, and people actually go and see their GPs and get diagnosed. Yes. You know, I, I'm sure you have the same thing, Ellie, but... Um, Something that makes me really happy is when a friend of a friend messages me on Facebook out of the blue and just says, look, I've seen you in an article or I've seen you on the website. This is what I've, I've got going on. What should I do? It's so nice to also be able to help other people. Now that we've been through it, you know, we can, I suppose, expedite the process for them so that they don't have to spend years and years bouncing off GPs who are just saying it's stress. Mm. You can give them an idea of how to get it investigated and get it confirmed. I'd love, to, I'd love for there to be another way of diagnosis. I wish that surgery was not the gold yeah. standard. I wish that sonovaginography or some other technique could be the way to diagnose, but I guess that's, that's down the track, isn't yeah. it? Fingers crossed in the future, things change. Notice quickly, how are you feeling at the moment when it comes to your pain? Oh, that's a good question. I'm on day seven of what usually is a 10-day cycle. <laughs> I'm finding that uh, my pain during period is probably six out of the 10 days and then I've got another maybe six to 10 days around ovulation. It's always there in some form. And even when I'm not in pain, I'm scared that I'm going to be in pain. Mm. I don't know about you, but I just, you're hyper aware, aren't mm. you? It's that con- conscious, uh, anxious feeling that it's going to creep mm. up at any time. Exactly. Yeah, definitely. And, oh, there have been moments, Ellie, where I've been on air. And you can't, you can't tell your endo to just wait for two hours. No, <laughs> you can't you be absolutely like... can't. <laughs> and, um, and around my period, my bowel movements are much worse because I, I still have endo on the bowel. Mm. Um, and so I will get these breathtaking cramps where I just can't breathe. And I've had moments where I've had to put on, you know, B-52's lobster, which is seven minutes 50, so I can just go and paint the walls like Jackson Pollock because it's just it's, it's just a bad time. So radio is very hard during my period. Mm-hmm. And you, you look down at the bowl and it's like the, the worst jam donut you've ever seen. Mm. And you can't tell anyone. No. You've gone through this traumatic, explosive event and you just got to keep talking. you got to, yeah, well, yeah, the, yeah, the state government has announced. It's big, hard. Big smile on your face. <laughs> That's right. Oh, my God. Oh, well, Christine Layton, you are an amazing voice for Endometriosis Australia. Listen to you. You you sound like everything is all a-okay, that you haven't been in pain all morning, but you're just feeling good. Oh, uh, look, you know what, Ellie? It's really cathartic to speak to you. Brilliant questions. And uh, just thank you for, for doing what you do to get the word out. And, um, yeah, let's keep in touch. If you, if you ever come to WA, if, you know, if we don't end up in a never-ending pandemic, it'd be nice to meet one day. I would love to come to WA. I used to live in Perth for two years, actually. I worked at oh. uh, 92.9 over there, and it's beautiful. The best, beach, the best beaches are in Perth. Yeah, that's right. We do have a lot of space as well, and the so sand is very, space. very clean. Yep, yep. Oh, that's wonderful. And likewise, if I come to Sydney, I'll come say hello and well done on your podcast. Oh, well, Christine Layton, thank you so much for your time. All the best. Giant virtual hugs through the uh, the technology that is the telephone. <laughs> Yeah, hugs around the shoulder because the pelvis really hurts. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Keep it nice and gentle. You take care, all right? You too. See you, Ellie. She speaks so well, doesn't she? And such a powerful voice for the team at Endometriosis Australia as one of our ambassadors. You can also catch Christine Layton on ABC Radio Perth's afternoon show.
You can read more about Christine, find out more about our other ambassadors, Endo Champions, Endo Warriors. You can even watch medical webinars and learn lots or simply donate. EndometriosisAustralia.org. All of your donations do go towards education programs and research for endometriosis. Through education, we can empower endo warriors to be the CEOs of their own healthcare, as Christine highlighted in this episode. Listen to your body, get that conversation going. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. And if you like what you heard, make sure you give it a five-star review. That way, more endo warriors can hear about this podcast about endometriosis. It's the only one that you will find that specifically talks about endo. Thank you once again for listening. I cannot wait to chat to you soon. Take care. Bye-bye.